Hey, I want to welcome all of our guests today. If you're in the house or online today, my name is Josh Roberts. I'm the lead pastor at International Family Church. And on behalf of me and my wife, our dream teams, our elders, we say welcome, welcome home. If you're joining us online, thank you for being a part of this today. Hey, we're going to have a good time. I said, we're going to have a good time. Let me back up. I'm going to make a decision for myself. I'm going to have a good time at church today. And so I extend that invitation. Make yourself at home today. Hey, we, we have um, guests visit with us every week, and we're so grateful for you inviting your friends. But I invited a friend of mine today. Actually, he invited himself. He notified me that he was coming, and there wasn't anything I could do. Um, I'm honored today. Um, a spiritual mentor, a spiritual father in my life. He was my first pastor. I met Kevin Cooley when I was 15 years old. He came from Jackson, Mississippi on a break from Bible school, and he was helping us as a church. My parents are pastors where I was a rowdy teenager. And for that summer between my uh, senior year and my first year of college, he came and poured into us, poured life into us. He's a, a master visionary. He's a master strategist. Uh, he's a pastor of an um, amazing church in Mobile, Alabama. He has an amazing work in India, Embassy of Hope, where they're planting churches, they're rescuing kids, they're feeding the hungry. He's a true world changer. Would you welcome, stand up please, welcome my friend, Pastor Kevin Cooley. Thank you for being here. Love you. Love you, love you. He was coming two weeks ago and got snowed out. And I said, well, we'll just see you in the spring. He said, nope, I'll see you Saturday night. I'm coming. You need friends like that. Everybody needs a friend that shows up even when they're uninvited. Say, just stay home. We don't need you here. You're good. And they just show up to cheer you on. Hey, today's Vision Sunday. And I want to um, do multiple things. I, I pray that I stir your heart today by the words that God's given me. Um, I want to have a family pep talk today. My dad used to say being a pastor is, is kind of like being a, a coach, cheerleader, and a player all at the same time. And today I want to be the cheerleader. I want to I cheer us on as a church today. Um, I, I, I'll be honest with you, this has kind of been a heavy day. Everybody's been reminding me how heavy of a day this is. People calling me during this week saying, hey, it's Vision Sunday coming up. It's a big deal. But big deal. You understand how big of a deal this is? And I, and I just put in my mind, I said, listen, Lord, I, I don't need all the pressure. I'm just going to be me. I'm going to have fun, and you do what you do, and, and you speak to your people. <laughs> so whether you have fun or not, I'm going home having fun. Habakkuk 2.2, I want to read this to you. Uh, this is one of my favorite scriptures. Today I'm going to preach out of my favorite translation, the message translation. Habakkuk 2.2 says, God answered. He always answers. You got a question. He's got an answer. He's got a solution before you even thought of it. God answered. He said, write this. Maybe I see some of you got your notebooks. Get your notebooks out. Get your devices out. I want to give you some stuff to write down today. Write what you see. What's your vision today? Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. When you came in today, our, our big banner out there outside the door, you saw our ship and, and the mandate. We write it in big block letters so you can read it as you're running. We're a running church. I said, we're a running club. We're a running church. We're moving forward. We're not stagnant. We, we got places to go and people to meet. And so today I want to paint the, the, the vision in, in your hearts. 
and on your hearts. I believe vision is important because it gives us God-given navigation. Vision is God's way of navigating us. It was a few weeks ago, I, I got up in the middle of the night and it was dark and I had to go to the bathroom and I caught my big toe on the corner of the bed. And I began to scream and my wife said, what are you doing? I said, oh. You know, it's that borderline of should I curse or not curse? Nobody's in the room but my wife. And, and, and you know what? It was, why did I stub my toe? It was just a simple lack of vision. There wasn't any lights on. You know, as the people of God, He has given us His Word and His Spirit to help us navigate what you can't see and what's around the corner. And so today, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about God navigating us, and vision also helps us set our pace. If we know we have a destination, then there's a timeline that goes along with when we should arrive. I hate being late. I just don't like it. It just I wasn't raised that way to walk in late. I, I believe that, that being late is the highest form of pride. It's just me. Because what you're telling everybody else is I'm more important than you are. Is that too hard? I, 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 like, I like people that are early and waiting because they came with anticipation in their heart. Not looking for something for themselves. They want to provide for something for somebody else. So if God has a plan and a navigational plan for us to get there, he also has a timing for which he expects us to be there. All the old school people said, amen. Amen. Two weeks ago at our torch passing service, by the way, I just want to say thank you on behalf of me and my wife, all the cards, all the text, food that was sent, flowers. I mean, I had a 25 pound chocolate cake at my house. David Harris, you're the man. I, I mean, just so much this last two weeks. Thank you for blessing us and, and welcoming us into this new position. We're, we're pretty fired up about it. And we're more fired up because we get to do it with you. Two weeks ago, my friend Hal Hardy was here and he said this to us as he prayed and laid hands on us. He said, Josh, run at the speed of clarity. Lead at the pace of unity and shepherd with the heart of love. Run at the speed of clarity. You'll run pretty slow if you don't know what's around the next corner. But if you know what that stretch looks like, you can pick up the pace in in your natural running, but also in your spiritual running. If we know where God's called us to go and he gives us the, the, the steps to get there, now we can ask him, how fast do you want us to go? And so today my prayer is that as I, as I cast vision, that it'll bring clarity to where we're going. And as a result to the clarity together, we can set the pace or the speed of our mission. Amen? Amen. For the last 12 months, maybe even longer, I've been in the book of Joshua. And, and I've been studying the book of Joshua because I knew what was coming. There was a, a natural and a spiritual transition coming where, where Moses, Pastor Jonathan was going to hand us this position, this opportunity. And I'll just be honest with you, I wanted to be prepared. And I felt like the Lord said, I want you to study the book of Joshua uh, for yourself and and for your um, season that you find yourself in because what he's going to show you in this book is going to help you navigate the children of Israel called IFC. And so I have, I have, but I got to tell you, I had some some, um, odd findings you know, we talk about reading a lot. People love to read a lot. And I've, I've got a massive library. I've probably read thousands of books. And I, I think there's something about it. But I remember talking to Pastor Verna a couple years ago. And she said, it's really not about the amount of books that you've read, Josh. You could say that you've read a thousand books and that's great. But she said, let me ask you, which books have you read a thousand times? 
There's something about reading something over and over and over and over and reading it out of different translations and hearing it at different times of the day and reading it in the morning and reading it at night. It'll speak to you from a different angle if you just read it one time. I went into this book with expectations of what God was going to show me, but the first thing that I found out was the book of Joshua is not about Moses. It wasn't. At least the way that he shares it with me, the book of Joshua isn't even about Joshua. To my surprise, the book of Joshua, the way that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me, isn't even about the children of Israel. The book of Joshua, the way that I see it, is about land. It's about a specific land. It's about a promised land. Canaan land. It's about a place that was chosen for a specific people in a specific time frame. Today, I feel like Joshua. Actually, every day I feel like Joshua. (laughs) But not Joshua Walter Roberts this morning, not Pastor Josh. I feel like Joshua that I find in this book, I feel like the successor to Moses. See, you study this book and you'll realize that this group of people had been landless without a home for nearly 500 years. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their 12 sons, they had been in this land, but not settled. They were nomads until they were taken into slavery for almost 400 years. And then Moses, everybody say, and then Moses. I'm grateful for my Moses. I'm grateful for a pastor that helps set people free and brings them out to a place that is promised to them. Moses, called by God, go tell my people, Go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And if you went to Sunday school, you know an intervention, a God divine moment happened. And the children of Israel left and they went into the desert for 40 years of testing and training. We talk about the testing all the time. Us old school people like to talk about God will test you. Yeah, but it's partly training too. And we should acknowledge that it's not all suffering if you gain something out of it. I said, it's not all suffering when you gain something out of it. There, is, there are some tests that are trials, but you become stronger and more resilient if you walk through them. Don't get stuck. 40 years of testing and training, and this is where we pick this up. I want you to read with me out of Joshua chapter 1, out of the Message Bible. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of God, God spoke to Joshua, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Get going. I think that's how he probably said it. We read the Bible in a monotone voice, but I don't. Maybe you do. I don't. I like to read it the way I think he would say it. This is God speaking. Hey, man, Moses is dead. You better get going. Cross this Jordan River, you and all the people. Cross to the country that I'm giving to the people of Israel. I'm giving you every square inch of the land that you set your foot on, just as I promised Moses. It's all yours. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. He's talking about us. It's it's all yours. For all your life, no one will be able to hold out against you. In the same way I was with Moses or the same way I was with Pastor Jonathan and Verna, I'll be with you. I won't give up on you. I won't leave you strength and courage for you're going to lead this people to inherit the land that I promised to give to their ancestors so here's what you need give it everything you have 
heart, and soul. Make sure you carry out the revelation that Moses commanded you. Every bit of it. Don't get off track either left or right so as to make sure you get where you're going. And don't for a minute, your mom ever say that, don't you for a minute even think. Don't you even consider it. Don't you for a minute let this book, the Bible, the inspired word of God, revelation knowledge be out of mind. Ponder it. What does that mean? It means to think about it, study it, think about it again, read it again, meditate on it. Day and night, making sure. Making sure you practice everything written in it. Then you'll get where you're going. Then you will succeed. Haven't I already commanded you strength, courage? Don't be timid, IFC. Don't get discouraged. For God, your God is with you every step that you take. Father, I thank you for this word today. I thank you for this opportunity to inspire your people. Lord, we gather today to hear your vision for this house and for us as the partners and friends of IFC. Lord, give me boldness to declare your word as you placed it in my heart. Give the hearers ears to hear what you would say, not my words. Give them a heart, an open, receptive, fertile ground that these words would go in and drop as seeds and produce in their life. Thank you, Father, for the spirit of the Lord that's upon me to preach your good news today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, for 40 years, our founding pastors and a bold group of pioneers have been in pursuit of great promises that they dug out of the Word of God, just like Moses did. For 40 years as a church, we've been tested and trained to bring us to this moment right here. That's good news. Today, I feel like Joshua at the edge of the Jordan, and I can hear God's voice cheering us on saying this, get going, IFC. Get going, IFC. Cross over into the places that I've set aside for you. It's all yours. I hear him saying, be strong and be courageous. Gather your tribes, gather your nationalities, gather gather your children, gather your grandchildren. Stay focused on the task at hand. Keep my word first. Make my word your priority. Continue to follow the Holy Spirit, for I am with you. Church, I believe more than ever, this is our time. This is our appointed time. It's not a time that we chose. It's a time that he chose us for. Some people choose their timing and they choose their path. I believe that we find ourselves as a church in God's appointed time. And what happens when you show up on time with God? He pours his spirit out for the task at hand. And I believe that we are right on time to possess the land that he talked to our forefathers about. Over the last 12 months, I've prayed and asked the Lord, you know, this vision Sunday. Again, it's a big deal here. And everybody's been reminding me, so I'm like, I better be prepared. Lord, what do you want me to say? And he said to me, he said, Josh, he said, communicate what's in your heart. But he said, I want you to understand the promises of the generations before us. Talk to me about promised lands. And then he talked to me about urgency. Today, my spirit is stirred as I feel like we're about to cross over into something that we've only prayed about until now. Our mandate for 2022, it's so simple. I'm excited to present this to you. The the mandate is stay the course, 
full speed ahead. Well, what's IFC doing in 2022? We're going to stay the course and we're going to charge ourselves to go full speed ahead. Would you say it with me? Stay the course, full speed ahead. I want to share with you two scriptures that we're going to use for our foundation for the whole year long that come out of James and Hebrews. Here's the first one, James chapter 5. It says, take the old prophets as your mentors. They put up with anything and went through everything and never once quit all the time honoring God. What a gift life is to those who stay the course. I love that we have our teenagers in here. If you're a, a young person, you say, man, I wish we were having youth group today. I thank you for coming and hearing me babble for a few minutes. But I believe that the Lord wants to say this to you. Take the old prophets as your mentors. The greatest asset I've ever had in my life was great men and women of God who helped steer me in the direction of God's plan for my life. If you're a student and you don't have a mentor or a coach, you're just wandering today. We need to take the scripture to heart and say, Lord, who it is in my life that's, that their past is my future? Take the old prophets as your mentors, for they put up with anything. I've got the greatest mentors right here in our founding pastors. Thank you for, for setting the pace, for loving me and for mentoring and coaching me. Because they've done this. They've put up with anything. And, and they put up with everything. And never once quit all the time honoring God. What a gift it is. What a, what a gift life is. When we choose to stay the course, the second scripture is out of Hebrews chapter 12. Do you see what all this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. Turn to your neighbor and say, get on with it. Turn to your spouse and say, strip down, start running. I'm just kidding. Don't say that. I'm just reading the Bible. Strip down, start running and never quit. This is God's challenge to us. Strip down, start running, never quit, no extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, the cross, the shame, whatever. Everybody say whatever. Now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. So when you find yourselves flagging in the faith, and let me tell you, there will be seasons where we find ourselves there. Go over that story again and again and again, item by item, the long litany of hostility that Jesus plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Those are our two scriptures that remind us to stay the course full speed ahead. For a few minutes, I want to unpack this. What does it mean to stay the course? Stay the course originated as a, a nautical metaphor. It means maintaining a constant, unaltering course while navigating. This is your wife in the passenger seat when you're like, hey, honey, look at that over there. And you start veering off the road. You say, hey, keep your eyes on the road. That's staying the course. To continue means to continue with the process. It means to pursue a goal regardless of any obstacles or criticism. That's what it means to stay the course. This past November, we celebrated 40 years as a church, and we highlighted 
through a series of videos and messages, four pillars or four qualities that brought us to this point. And I believe we're going to need those same qualities to take us to the next season. Number one, it was the spirit of faith. Everybody say spirit of faith. Sacrifice, perseverance, and generosity. I believe today on Vision Sunday, God is asking us to move forward with the same qualities, the same heart, and the same vision that got us here over the course of 40 years. 2022 will be a year of the faith of a pioneer. Just because we pioneered the first 40 doesn't mean we get to relax in the next 40. 2022 is going to require the faith of a pioneer or what the prophet uh, says, the special faith. Paul called it the the gift of faith. We're going to need a special faith to continue to plow through to our promised land. Can I get an amen? amen? The sacrifice of a servant. We're going to have to have that same sacrifice that our forerunners gave us. Sacrifice of a servant looks like this. It says, whatever it takes, I'm all in. Whatever it takes, I'm all in. It's also going to take the perseverance of a juggernaut. What's a juggernaut? I love this word. It's a huge, powerful, overwhelming force. Together, as we join arms and we link our spirits together, there's no force that can stand against us because God's inside of us. It's going to take a group of people that said, come hell or high water, we're moving forward in the face of adversity. I watched the plow trucks this last week, as you did, tear through two feet of snow that that covered our, our streets. And the Lord gave me this picture. That's who you and I are. I watched them on the interstate. They were driving in tandem, one here and one here and one here. They were clearing the whole highway together at one time. It gave me a great picture of what this year looks for us. It's a bunch of snow plowers linked together and said, hey, whatever comes down, we're going on through. That's the heart of a perseverant juggernaut. And finally, it's going to take the generosity of Jesus. Jesus, the greatest model and example that we have, because he gave everything. He gave everything he had. So maybe you're new today and you're saying, what is the vision, Josh? What's the vision of International Family Church? Why do we exist? And who are we? We printed on the walls in big block letters outside of this auditorium at the top of our cafe stairs. You can see it there. But today, I want to take just a minute and go back. Our vision is very simple and it's four, four legs to it. The first one is no God. Second one is find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. You guys heard that before? Listen to this. No God is very intentional. Each one of these has a way that we represent it. No God is our Sunday morning services. I want people to come on Sundays to get to meet Jesus the way that you and I did. In a real personal way, not a weird way. We specifically and intentionally uh, uh, orchestrate our services so those that are not here and love the Lord will want to come here and learn about Him. I like to say it this way. We want to create church services that non-Christians like to attend. We're very strategic in this. And you guys have been so gracious. You trust us to bring your friends because we've created a place where they can be themselves and hear about God on their terms and their place. The truth is, is everything that we do on Sundays is so those far from Christ can come and know him. The second part of our mission is find freedom, and we do that through our small groups. 
Some of you have participated in our groups in the past. And here in just a few weeks, Dr. Casey and our amazing team, they're going to open up the registration and we'll have groups meeting in four different states online on topics from motorcycles to coffee to Ephesians to parenting to, to finances to anything you can imagine. We've got almost 50 groups. What are those groups for? They're for you to be able to connect in a large church in a smaller setting. You know, I remember when I came to this church, it was intimidating. It's like so many people, and I'm an extrovert, so I like it, but it was still intimidating. We like to use small groups to take a large church and make it feel smaller, where you can meet somebody, get to know them on a personal basis. We say it this way, circles are better than rows. We're all sitting in rows in here, but when we gather in groups, we sit in a circle. And guess what? The purpose is so that you can find freedom, that you can take off your fictitious religious mask and be real about who you are and what's going on in your life. It's easy to come in on Sunday and hide because we wear physical masks in the building right now. And you can dance and you can shout. People think, man, he loves the Lord. But then you leave on Tuesday or Monday and you realize, I love the Lord, but man, this life is tough. Groups are a place where you can take off your fake mask and say, hey, it looks like I got everything going on, but I'd love to tell you, it's not all put together and I need some help. Groups are a place where we help you not only get out of Egypt, but we take Egypt out of you. Oh, man, listen to me. Groups is the heartbeat of IFC. If you're not in a group, you're just attending. Is that too heavy? Listen, you, if, you're, if you're a partner at IFC, you want to do life with other people, not just show up and high-five them and see you later. Want, want, want. Number three, <laughs> discover purpose. We have an intentional growth track. It happens every time we gather. It's because we believe that leadership potential resides on the inside of every single person. You say, well, I'm not a leader. You better lead yourself. It's your responsibility to get where God's called you to go. But there's gifts and talents on the inside of us. There's callings and anointings on every one of us from the littlest to the oldest. No matter where you came from or where you're going, God has a plan for you and our growth track helps pull that out of you and show you your purpose. Someone said one time, they said, the two greatest days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why you were born. That's what our growth track's all about. And the fourth part of our vision here at IFC is simply making a difference. It's so that you can take your relationship with God, find the freedom you need to discover your purpose, and now go to work with the Lord. The Bible says that we're co-laborers with Christ. He needs us. I said he needs us. Turn to your neighbor and say, he needs you. He needs us to to activate those relationships around us. He needs us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. He needs us just to be Jesus in a dark world. And so we have all kinds of places. We call them here at IFC. We call them dream teams. And man, they range from changing babies' diapers to singing on a worship team to community outreach projects. Let me say it this way. We have a place for you, and it's on a team. Amen. All my team said... Amen. So how do we maintain the course of the vision and how do we continue carrying this out? I believe to fulfill the mandate of stay the course, full speed ahead, we have to continue to do two things. We have to make the word our guide and allow the spirit to fuel us. When I was thinking about this and the Lord was talking to me about stay the course, full speed ahead, he gave me this picture of the ship. A big ship that's plowing through Press it on, persevering. What you can't see on the back of the ship is a rudder. Everybody say rudder. 
A rudder is a huge wooden stick that goes down to the water. What does it do? It sets the trajectory for where that ship is going to be headed. The rudder is the word. And the sails represent the Spirit of God. It represents us, the ability to, to open our lives and allow the Holy Spirit to, to move in us, empower us collectively to go somewhere to reach somebody else. The rudder represents the word. Isaiah says it this way, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever. That's what a rudder does. It, it stays the course. It helps keep a ship on track. Psalm 119 says this way, forever, Lord, your, your word is firmly fixed in the, in the heavens. I don't know about you, but lately it seems like things down here on earth are getting mixed around and tossed around like crazy. I'll just say it to you very clearly. We're in the end of the end. Yeah. Y'all know Jesus is coming back, right? Yeah. The king of kings, it says he's going to ride down with his tattooed thighs and pick us up. I can't wait to see Jesus' tattoos. That's what it says. He's got a king of kings and lord of lords on his thighs. He's coming on this horse. Where was I going with that? Y'all got me sidetracked to tattoos. Everything's changing down here. But nothing's changed up there. The, the, the king is still on the throne. And, and the, the, the king that we read about is the same word that we have on our phones and in paperback. He's never changing. I'll say it this way. If you have any other rudder in your life, your life will look like this all the time. But when you grab a hold of the word and set the course, it doesn't matter what comes against you. You will get to where you're going. You will succeed. The word is the rudder. It keeps us steady. I grew up in a house that had the word as a rudder in our life. My wife and I, this is nothing new to us, and we're raising our kids this way. We're word-first people. We're word-first about anything and everything else. I, I was thinking about when, when I was a kid, I grew up in a pastor's home where the word was everything. And I'd wake up in the morning, and, and I'd be like, I, I, I don't feel so good. I think I'm going <coughs> to, maybe I should stay home from school. I think I've developed the black lung pop. <laughs> and, and, and he would say, my dad would say, what does the Bible say? I'd say, <coughs> he'd say, what does the Bible say? Well, I have a fever too. And, and if they cough and the fever, they're not going to want me at school. You know, people might think it's COVID. You know, we should be careful. Any parents hearing this lately? And my parents didn't respond or bow down. They would say, Josh, what does the Bible say? What does the word say? And I would recite to them what they'd placed in me. By his stripes, I'm healed. He took 39 stripes across his back so I could live a healthy old life. Listen, when you put the word in, it'll keep you focused. Now let's get in the car. Let's go to school, son. That's how we were raised. It was word first people. The truth is, is this church was founded on the word above anything and everything. We're word first people have been, always will be. I like this. We, we still confess the word at IFC. We believe in the power of confession. Oh, you're one of those name it and claim it churches? Absolutely. Down south, we call it blab it and grab it. If I can find it in his word and I can declare it in faith, guess what? It belongs to me. Come on, where's all the old school people that started this house? Listen, we're word first. We believe in the word. We speak the word. We confess the word. We're going to declare the word. When you declare the word, you're calling your promises to you on a fishing line. Come on, promise. 
We're those kind of people when you come and gather here at IFC and we pray. We don't pray some wishy-washy junk. We pray the word of God first. You get in a small group, you're going to meet some people that know how to pray the power down. Not in their own ability because they're standing on the foundation of the word. When your kids come and they go to the nursery. If they go to the kids' class, or they go to youth group, guess what? We're going to promise you that your kids are going to learn the word first. Say it, we're word first people. We have a rudder dug in because we're reminded. Joshua said, don't let this book for a moment be out of your mind. Ponder it day and night. Practice it. Everything in it. I, I like to say this. We believe the maps all the way to the concordance. I don't care if the maps and the, the stuff. I believe the whole thing. Some people believe there's power in the leather. I see them rubbing their Bibles all the time, you know? Like, we're word people. This year, we're going to have more word-centered small groups in our classes for our children and for our adults, continuing to focus on the word. The sail represents the word of the Spirit. It's the power of God that, that moves us forward. Yes, we're word first, but we're also led by the Spirit in the season, we've been directed as leaders and we've been talking with our elders and our staff that, that we need to throw up some more sails at IFC. We need to extend our mass a little bit higher and a little bit wider and say, Holy Spirit, have your way in our bits, in our midst, in our presence and blow us to where you want us to go. Give us the fuel. Give us the power to accomplish what you've called us to do. We're word first people, but we're led, empowered by the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians says it this way. Paul said, my message and my preaching, forget about the persuasive words and the wisdom, but they were in demonstration of the Spirit and of Acts 10.38 says, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with, with power. Then he was able to go and do good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. We're thinking about Lord, how do we live a life with a hand on a rudder and a sail, set it at the right place so you can hit it? It means we have to just be super intentional. Let me say it this way. I, I want to make sure that as we transition into a new season that we're not changing courses. We've got our hand as individuals and families and as a church on the word never letting go, but our hearts are open to the wind of the Spirit. As we were praying and talking even this last year, we feel like it's important that in this season as a church and even the season we find ourselves in in life in general, that we need to create some more times of prayer, more groups for prayer. The last few months, our staff has been gathering four and five days a week to just say, hey, the first thing in the morning before we do anything, we're just going to pray. I don't know. We're going on four months or something like that. And then the 21 days of prayer. Anybody enjoy the 21 days of prayer? You know, let me remind you, 21 days of prayer isn't just something we do just to put on the calendar. It's our way of opening our sails and opening our hearts and saying, Holy Spirit, empower us to do what you want us to do right here at the beginning of the year. So this year, we're going to have some more extended times of prayer. We're going to have another series of fasting, maybe not for 21 days, but maybe we just call a church fast. Hey, for the next three days, we're going to pray. Put down the haagen and throw up a sail in your house with your children. Put down the corn dogs, and for a couple days, let's, let's open up our hearts and say, is there something the Spirit wants to blow into this church? 
We're going to have encounter nights this year. Right now, we, I think we have three on the calendar. Special nights on Friday night where we turn the clock off and we just come in and say, hey, let's just, let's just have a move of God. Let's worship and, and let's pray and, and let's bring some gifts into this house that, that have some deposits that we need. This is how we started the church. This is how we continue the church. This week I was on the phone with Pastor Mark and Janet Brzee out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where I met my wife and their ministry. They're going to be with us March 25th. It's a Friday night. And they said, what's the agenda? I said, no agenda. Prayer, worship, preach the word, and put your paws on anybody that will let you. Lay hands on everybody that wants it. I believe that there's a season of impartation that we need right now. There's some gifts that are outside but belong in this place to fuel us to continue what he's called us to do. Does that resonate with you? Amen. I'm excited about that. We have Jim Tringale scheduled for the fall. We've got some other people coming. We'll talk about that. But I want to take the next few minutes and talk about the second part of the mandate. The first part is stay the course. The second part is full speed ahead. 150 years ago, all of the trains and locomotives were run by steam. There was thousands of steamboats. They even put the steam engines in cars for a season. And when the ship's captain or the train engineer, he would yell, full steam ahead. It meant put the steam engine, put the steam boiler up to maximum pressure so we can go faster. During the Civil War in 1864, an admiral on a boat actually in the Mobile Bay He was the first to coin this phrase. He said, damn the torpedoes, man. Put the torpedoes in the chutes. Full steam ahead. I believe that has something for us in it this year. If we know the course and we've already set the course, what do we need? We need speed. We need momentum. We need power. We need fuel to make sure that we do everything along the way. Listen to this. Full speed ahead out of the dictionary means with as much speed or energy as possible. It means that one is going with enthusiasm. I got to be honest with you, I love this church because we got a bunch of crazy people. And if you don't think we're crazy, you're the crazy one. We, we enthusiastic about what God's called us to do here. That's why I love our teams because they say, I want to help. I want to be involved. Let me, let me, can I please? 2022 is going to require that same heart and that same spirit, enthusiasm, vigor, or energy into whatever task it is that is being undertaken. Let me speak to you as a church today just for the next few minutes and declare some things over this year for us. For the last two years, everything around us has tried to stop us and slow us down, not only as a local church, but as the capital C church of God. COVID, politics, racial division, economic downturns, upturns, churches closing, pastors quitting, pastors failing, congregations bickering. And today as your pastor, I say enough is enough. Enough is enough. This is our year to thrive in everything that God has in store for us as a church family. But it's going to take great enthusiasm and energy and it's going to require all hands on deck. From the littlest to the oldest. From the least to the greatest. Us coming alongside and saying, hey, we're in together and let's go full speed ahead. I believe that 2022 will be the year to fill our spiritual boilers to maximum capacity. To gain the speed and momentum needed to stay with the task at hand. 
Next week, I'll launch a four-week series called Stay Full, and I'm going to talk about how to stay full of the Word, how to stay full of the Spirit, and how to stay full in the company that God has for us. 2022 will be a year of plowing through obstacles, but I refuse to allow the economy, political agendas, or any other divisive force to keep us as a church from obtaining our promised land this year. This will be a year of great contending. This will be a year of staying full in constant refillings. This will be a year of standing strong in the face of adversity. I declare as a church, we're not bending and we are not bowing to culture. We are submitted and fixed to the Word of God. The only thing that never changes constantly, culture is changing. Culture is trying to tell you who you should be, who you shouldn't be. Let them do this. Live by your feelings. Do what you want. That's not who we're called to be as a church. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are the mighty, mighty church. And it's time that we gather together and say enough is enough. For me and my house, we're going on with the kingdom of God. We believe, we take ownership of the fact that this local church is the hope of the world. We have something to offer humanity that no other organism or organization can provide. We have the power of the Holy Spirit that convicts hearts and turns men and women back to their creator, which allows them to live free lives and fruitful lives. That is why we exist. We are us, you, me, the hope for those that are out there wandering around. And as we continue to set course in the face of adversity, there's going to be people just like in Noah's day. As the ship started taking on, they started climbing on, trying to get in. The great thing about us is we just can open the doors. We got plenty of room. I don't care where you came from or where you're going. We got room for you in this house. With the spirit of faith obtained and delegated to us by our founding pastors, we commit to press forward into whatever challenges come our way. We will stay the course. We say full speed ahead. I want to read you another scripture as we close here. We sang about it today, Matthew chapter 16. Jesus is asking the disciples, who do you say that I am? Oh, you're this. They say you're that. And Peter stands up and says, hey, no, no, you're the Messiah. You're the one that we've been waiting for. You're the man. I think that's how Peter talked. You're the man. Jesus looked back at him and said, oh, God bless you, son. Oh, my gosh, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of some book for some teacher. My father in heaven, God himself, he let you in on this secret of who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you are, who you really are. For you are Peter, you're a rock, and on this rock which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. But that's not all. Everybody stops right there. The gates of hell won't prevail against the church. I love that part. What about this part? That's not all. Everybody say, that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom keys to open any and every door no more barriers 
No more barriers between heaven and earth. Earth and heaven. For a yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. That's our future right there. So I'm calling on every partner and friend of IFC to join me and our staff and our elders as we press in and press onward like never before. I declare our best days are right now and we have the choice. It's our choice to move forward. And I, I, I say this way, I'm choosing to cross the river today. I'm inviting you to say, hey, we want to go. Let's do this together. Let's go obtain the promises in our marriages that we've been believing for, the promises in our kids that we've been believing for, the promises in our physical healing, our relationships, whatever it may be that's been promised to you. Guess what? This is our day. We choose to cross over. We commit to stay the course, full speed ahead. On your way out today, we're going to give you a little card. I, I like things. Our refrigerator is covered with scriptures and note cards and pictures of our family. It's kind of our vision board per se. I like going to get ice cream in the middle of the night and there's vision right there. Y'all go get ice cream in the middle of the night. Don't lie. Y'all do it. You sneak out of bed. You're like, she's sleeping now. I can go downstairs. But we have, we have scripture cards on our refrigerator and uh, we, we put them in our, in our rooms and our offices. I want to give you this today. You'll get them on the way out, but there's a confession here. For you to declare this, not just today in front of your friends and your family, but that you would confess this each day, multiple times a day over your life as we do this together. I'm asking you to stand with me and we're going to say this together. I want to I ask you to say it with some gusto. Say it with some enthusiasm today. Say this with me. Say, I can go through anything. I can endure everything. I, I won't quit. I will not quit. I refuse to quit. I will honor God by pursuing His plans. I see life. I see life as a gift because I choose to stay the course. I will lay aside anything and everything that would slow me down. Nothing, absolutely nothing can hinder me from running my race. I'm going to run with patience. I'm going to run with persistence. As I have my eyes focused on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, of my faith. So today, I say with boldness, full speed ahead. Full speed ahead. Full speed ahead. Amen. Give the Lord a shout with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we commit today with our, our hands raised and our hearts open, we commit to stay the course. We, we commit to refuse any obstacle or distraction. Lord, today you, you've called us. You, you've revealed who we are called to be. And so we say yes to you. We say yes to this mandate. We say yes that we will accelerate the mission to reach those that are waiting on us. We say yes. We ask you, Holy Spirit, blow fresh in our lives. Blow fresh in our families. Blow, blow fresh in our services. Amongst our children and our old people. Father, we thank you that the old men and the young men dreams and visions in this season. Lord, I pray for dreams and visions. Dreams and visions. Greater visions. 
Thank you, Father, for the men in this house that they see the vision that you have for their family and they take their place this year and say, I'll stay the course. I will accelerate the speed at which I've been walking with you. Holy Spirit, empower us to do everything you've called us to do. Give us wisdom. Give us direction. Give us boldness to declare who we are in you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, one more shout. 